What's up? This is Billy. Welcome to the Dirty Water Podcast, Season 2, Episode 1. We did the Instagram Live with Chris last week for the intro to reintroduce the podcast. Uh, Today, Chris is off on a little mystery vacation. May may come back with some news. Who knows? Uh, So it's just me and Schmidto today. It is July 28th. It's a Wednesday. Like we said last week, we are going to come to you guys Every Wednesday, hope to have it out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts uh, at the latest by Thursday, hopefully Wednesdays as well, um, but we're hoping to do some some Instagram Live stuff on Wednesdays around lunchtime, so mark your calendars every week, we will be here or some combination of us will. Um, so, let's get into it. Matt, how are you doing? Welcome back. Dude, not too bad. Um, my big futures on grabbing USA men's team early this isn't looking great but we'll discuss that we in a will. bit I guess we um, will get it glad to be back here um, at dirty water ready to play some bets this weekend um, ready to plan my clean them out now all right on the on the front end promo time who do you work for where, where can they find your work get some get um, some goods out there so when you aren't listening to this podcast you can can head to sportshandle.com rotogrinders.com and scoresandodds.com um, for all your sports betting needs. We've got tools, projections, tips, and articles. Um, head there when you aren't listening to this podcast, but prioritize this first and foremost. All right, and as always, uh, Dirty Water is sponsored by, therefore the podcast is kind of not directly sponsored by, but we are associated with Bud Light, so thank you Budweiser for uh, you know keeping Dirty Water running, keeping the lights on here at Dirty Water, and keeping sports gambling alive and well in the Dirty Water studio. So, again, today is July 28th. We've got a bunch of stuff coming for you. Last week we focused on mostly Olympics talk. We will lead off with a little bit of that as well. Um, But we also got some MLB and some NFL futures to talk to you guys related to some of the new news that has come out recently. Before we get into the Olympics, got to remind you guys, huge news for Dirty Water. Uh, We're now actually able to announce the sponsor. Gambet DC is promoting in-person sports betting at kiosks. Dirty Water will be the first bar to have that in person uh, outside of the sports book that exists in Capital One Arena. Um, They will will have in-person kiosks starting Friday. That's two days from today. If you're listening to this podcast tomorrow, we're time traveling a little bit. It's tomorrow. It is July 30th. Again, Friday, July 30th, there will be cash-only kiosks for sports betting in person at Dirty Water. Chris will be back for Friday, I think. I'm ready to antagonize all of our picks and whatnot. Um, So, yeah, I'm I'm pumped. Amazing. Can't wait for that. All righty. Let's get into the betting talk here. Let's start with the Olympics. Um, We talked a little bit last week about... Some of the odds that we liked, we talked about golf. I mentioned a couple track futures in Noah Lyles and Sidney McLaughlin that have not played out yet. Um, we do have a couple of my picks for surfing have played out. The gold medal was won by Italo Ferreira, who I mentioned. Uh, I mentioned two guys that you should bet on both at plus odds, so I'll chalk myself up for a W on Italo. Uh, I, I led you guys astray on Nigel Houston. He was a favorite for skateboarding, and he did not close out the deal. Uh, but both of those were great contests to watch. And listen, if you're... If you're going one and one in your bets, especially if one of them's plus odds, can't yeah. be too upset as a gambler. It's hard to win in this game. Um, but let's get into let's get into what's going on right now. So the Olympics are going to be going on for at least another week and a half. 
They're way longer. Yeah. Every every four years, it I'm, catches me how long the games are. Yeah, I can't keep track. Um, and then it's like they're replaying it all day, all night. I'm like, have I seen this? Have I not? I just go look at my betting tickets and see a couple L's. And yeah, I know uh, the the NBC Olympics website has a pretty good schedule of, of when stuff is going to come out. So we're looking at all sports. Um, Pardon our wonderful ambulance going by in the background, if you guys can hear that. It's, it's, it's H Street. Listen, it's not a perfect audio quality studio, but Bud Light, if you want to get us some soundproofing, that'd be sick. Um, so let, let's start with kind of like where we're at. Again, I checked this a few hours ago, and I don't think anything has happened live in Japan since then, since it's like 2 in the morning. Um, but our medal count currently, the U.S. was huge favorites at minus 1,100. China was second at plus 500 for just the most medals. The U.S. is currently at 31 medals, 11 golds. China has 27 with 12 golds. The ROC, can't say Russia anymore because Russia's canceled. The ROC is, is in third with 23 medals, 7 golds. And Japan has 22 medals with 13 golds. So Japan, despite being fourth place overall, uh, 22 medals, but 13 golds, the most number of golds. Um, so that's where we stand. I don't think there's that I've seen like live betting where you can continuously like update who you think the lines yeah. will update as, as people get different medals. But if you took the U.S., uh, you're looking good right now. Uh, China, I think, is a decent bet, especially five to yeah. one. I don't know what your thoughts yeah. are on that. Unless you bet on the gymnastics, I guess. I'm guessing the sports books raked it in yesterday um, with the U.S. getting silver instead of gold. Yeah. I know they were huge favorites. I imagine pretty much everyone in the U.S. was betting on them if they were betting on right. the U.S. Um, gymnastics. So I'm sure the sports books did great. Betters did not. Um, yeah, I still think U.S. still looking pretty good on the medal count. I wouldn't go. I don't know. Maybe it's just my patriotism. Um, don't want to go against them yet. But um, yeah, there's probably value on China, especially because all of that money, just you know, money like mine and everyone else's is going towards the U.S. So there's probably value created on it, you know, some of those longer odds. Right, right. The, the whole concept of no. a, a smart gambler is no. usually going against the general public consensus because sports books will set lines that, you know, it, it's not, the, the lines aren't always the exact odds that team has to win. Yeah. It, it's oftentimes based on where the bets are coming in, where they think the bets will come in. No, exactly. So going against public perception is always a good move. Um, so that's where the medal count stands. Let's get into a couple specific sports. We will start with basketball. Um, we are in pool play. So the way the, the format of the basketball tournament works is there are 12 teams. There are four like groups or pools. So they're in stage play right now. Um, the U.S. is in one of them. We actually, so not only we, we talked last week about the exhibition games that we lost, the U.S. actually lost a game in pool play as well. That does not eliminate them. Um, as, uh, they have a, a they lost one. Um, they covered last they, night. They co finally, yeah. They so they so they, on. they lost one. It was France, I believe, right? We yeah, they lost, lost the match on Saturday, and then we beat Iran by I think it was like fifty four points. Yeah, the spread was so. thirty nine or forty two, depending on when you got it. And I was I was looking at some of the other some of the other matches, and I was like, okay, maybe like Iran sucks, and and no. there's other other pools that people are blowing other people out. There's not a, a single other team in the Olympics that has beaten another team by more than I think 18 or 20 points. So this was a huge win by yeah. 54, even if it was versus a bad team, just to show like 
hey, these guys still got it. They don't totally suck like people think they do. The current line, and then let's get into the gambling side of things, is USA minus 250. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think that, I mean, 250 is obviously the best value we've seen yet. Do, do you yeah. like that odd? Do you, you know, obviously we, we both liked it last week about at minus 500. Did that loss versus France change anything for you? Yeah, I mean, um, I still think there's value there, especially if you look at the spread for the Fran- France-Nigeria um, game, I believe. Um, let's see here. France-Nigeria, I believe. They're, um, one second here. Let's let's see what the spread is on this upcoming Pull that up. Let us know. Game. Um, while we're getting the stats up, the other favorites for basketball for the Olympics, again, USA is minus 250. Uh, Slovenia with Luka Doncic is plus 800. Australia is plus 775. Spain is plus 1,000. And France is plus 900. So those are the top five odds still. So actually it's France and Iran. They're playing this Friday. And so France beat us. We just killed Iran. Um, France is favored by 26 points. And we were favored by 39. And we still beat them by 54. Like odds makers, which are the sharpest people, you know, in the business, right. they're still showing us a ton of respect when it comes to that line, especially even they're saying we're still significantly better than France. Even though um, we lost to them. So, yeah, that. I think if you didn't bet on them last USA last week, now's a good time to do it. Um, maybe they'll start meshing a little bit with you know everyone there after the NBA Finals. Have had a little room to breathe and just played Iran where they, mm-hmm. you know, probably split minutes up pretty wisely. Popovich is no dummy. Um, so I'm I'm still backing the USA here. Yep. So, th- so this is a, a classic case of like buy the dips in stock terms, right? Yeah, where, yeah, exactly. Where because they're coming off a loss, obviously those lines are going to change. People are going to overreact. Um, and then there may be some value there. I, I, I actually agree with you. I think uh, I think minus 250 is as good as we're going to see for a very long time on, on odds for the U.S. to win while they're still in contention. Um and then I, I think another way that I think about it is moving forward, basically every game is a must win. Um, if we lose this game versus, uh, I think it's the Czech Republic, um, who's the last team in our pool, uh, I, I think they're 1-0. I think they've only beaten Iran, and they only beat them by a few yeah, yeah. points. But if we lose that, we're 1-2 and two in group play. And the way that group play works is the top two teams in each group move on. So in a, and then there's two like basically wild card teams yeah, yeah. That, that move on after that. But at one and two, it's going to be very very hard to get one of those wild card spots because some of those wild card spots might yeah. go to two and one teams. So, you know, it, basically every game from here on out is a must win. Yeah. And what that means for the odds is that, you know, every time a team wins a game, their odds get better and better mm. to win the gold. So I don't think at any point we are going to see better odds for the U.S. in terms of money. Uh, then, then minus two. Yeah, exactly. And like the good news is against Czech, we're um, twenty-two point favorites. Like this isn't the same game as France, where it's like closer to a ten-point line. Like we aren't going to lose against the Czech Republic, so we're going to get past this stage, and then they're going to turn it on. Is what I think. Right. And so, so the whole concept again is getting ahead of lines. Yeah. If we move past this stage. Our odds are going to be you're going to get less value for your money than minus yeah. 250. It's going to drop to minus 500 again or something along those lines. So better to get in now. Um, now I, I think you know we've been a little biased on this take because we both agree that, that the USA is going to win. If you disagree, if you're somebody that's like, hey, USA basketball sucks. This isn't our year. Their heart's not in it. Whatever your argument is, how do you go about picking those other teams? Again, it's a group of Australia is the next favorite, 775. 
uh, Slovenia plus 800, France 900, Spain 1,000. I mean, at, at those odds, mathematically, right, you could put $100 on each of those four teams, yeah. and if any of them wins, you make money. Is that the strategy you approach yeah. it with? Do you just go in with one particular guy and hedge a little less? What's your thought? Yeah, I think that's a nice hedge, especially if you're, if unlike us, you're a little um, skeptical of Team USA. You have all these teams with, you know, that pay out big dividends. And um, I have noticed a lot of people are liking Slovenia, Slovenia which is led by Luka. Yeah. He scored like 44 points that first game, maybe more. Um, so they're like, I think they were closer to 30 to 1 odds when things started out. They're like 7.5, 8.5, depending where you're looking now. Um, so obviously the betting market has taken a liking towards them, especially with Luka leading their, the pack. Um, I think it's probably too late to buy on them. I'm not going to do it. Um, but obviously a lot of people are. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's plus 800. I think that would be my pick too. I mean, obviously France has shown that they couldn't be like, has beaten the U S head to head. Um, so, so that wouldn't be a bad pick at, at nine to one, but that's more dollar per value than the U S. But, um, so let's, let's wrap up the basketball bit. I just want to show some, some respect. USA women's team, minus 833 for gold medal contention. They're uh, looking pretty strong there. Not talking about them, not because we don't respect them, but just because it's less interesting because they are far and away the favorites there and are taking other teams to the woodshed. Uh, also, just a quick shout-out, we won three-on-three women's basketball, the nice. gold medal. Shout-out U.S., big basketball nice country. Um, so let's wrap that on basketball. Let's move on to... Golf, um, one of your stronger suits. Yeah. You've been writing on golf for a little while, so I will. Uh, I guess let me let me just give you the latest and then kind of hand you the mic. Um, the big news was that Bryson and John Rahm both quote unquote got COVID. I don't know how much we actually know yeah. about that, but it's like the third time Rahm has had it. Right, right. <laughs> I digress. So. Did he use it as an excuse? We don't know. There's a little drama back behind the scenes. Either way, Bryson DeChambeau and John Rahm are out of the tournament, which obviously changes the odds that we talked about last week. So with, with them being out, you know, who are the guys that you see kind of being the top guys? And then, you know, how does that affect your decision-making? Is it better? So, yeah, with them out, the odds have changed quite a bit. We got um, Morikawa, who was a favorite to start out. He's 7-1 to now or 5-1, to depending where you look. Um, Xander's right behind. Then there's Justin Thomas, Victor Hovland, who I actually like most out of all those guys. Um, and Rory McIlroy is right behind them. Um, Rory, I, some of these guys just aren't into it. Um, Rory has kind of talked about how he was just going to use, you know, they're kind of like secluded. They can't go have fun like previous Olympics. Um, Rory has literally, literally talked about how he's just going to use this as like a practice session. He's going to be grinding for 10 hours a day, you know, on the practice round, putting green. Um, so, and they, they actually took a photograph of him yesterday with the new putter, Scotty Cameron. Um, so like, I, I'm kind of just staying away from Rory. I kind of like betting against him in these matchups. The one thing about Rory is that this tournament has had a lot, the course has had a lot of rain over the last few days. It's a long, um, long layout. Mm -hmm. So um, Rory has succeeded on like soft, soft turf and long courses before, but I just, I'm not really considering him. Um, I, out of those top five guys, I like Victor Hovland um, for Sweden, I believe it is. Um, okay. And then um, a little further down the list, 
again, Siwoo Kim, um, Sun Jae-im, they're both playing for South Korea and basically playing to keep playing on the PJ Tour. If they don't medal, they have to go have serve in the military for three years. Yeah, um, so the, we, we joked about it last yeah. time. They're like playing like their life is on yeah, the line. Yeah. Um, that's that's pretty wild. Uh, it's a pretty wild outcome to have them like if you don't medal. Um, yeah, kind of crazy. We, or we don't get into politics on this show, but that's kind of yeah. a, a wild, wild, yeah. wild outcome. So w- let me ask you this: How much do you take when you look at a guy like like Hideki, yeah. who you know is on a good tear this year? Obviously, won the Masters, and you know he's playing at home in Japan. Yeah. Do you think that? You know, and, and maybe it applies to the, the Korean guys as well because, you know, obviously they're much closer and have probably played this course more so than some of the Americans or Europeans. D- does home field advantage, quote-unquote, really matter for that? Do you think that the knowledge of the course is going to benefit those guys or do you think that everyone else's professional caddies are good enough that it doesn't matter? I think it actually does matter a bit, just like the proximity to um, being there over the last few weeks. Let's, let's remind you, too, that Matsuyama... Siwoo Kim, Siwoo Kim Woo! is how some people call him, especially when he wins some big bets. Um, and Sun Jae-im, are, they, they didn't play in the British Open two weeks ago, so they've been there over the last few weeks. Whereas you have Patrick Reed flying in from Minnesota. He just played at the 3M Open. The week before, he was across the pond playing in the Open. Um, so he's gone from one continent to the next, Mm-hmm. And he's, I don't think he's even going to get a practice round. He's stepping up for, um, who, who got, who tested positive, did we say, John Ron and, and Bryson. Right, so he's stepping in for Bryson. They also call him Captain America because he's been so good at the Ryder Cup. But I don't think he's going to get like near as many practice rounds. He's obviously going to be short, short in sleep. And he's a favorite up there, too, that I just don't even want to consider. Um, I really do okay. like you know, Matsuyama and these guys playing a little closer to home and just being a little more comfortable, um, for sure. Okay, um, so, so what else is there to look for on the golf front? I guess the, the last little, little question on this before we move on to, to some baseball and close out the Olympics. On, on the golf front, again, this tournament starts tomorrow, by the way. Uh, it's, again, July 28th today. Well, tonight. Yeah. Tomorrow, Japan time. Three, yeah, yeah. Time Seven, zones yeah, getting yeah. all sorts of fucked up. There's been a... Yeah, yeah. a, a wild adventure for me to try to keep up i never know what sports are going on at any time and it's been like initially it was a little annoying but i actually think i've I've started to like it where you can just go onto the nbc olympics website and they're just like you know if people work a normal work day outside of normal work day hours there's something on right because because of the time difference so it's fun to just be like I don't know when any of this shit is happening, but I'm going to go online and something will be going on at 5 oh, p.m. Yeah. when I get off work. So, uh, yes, yeah, so, sorry, tangent yeah. on on the whole time travel, time change thing that we're trying to go through. <laughs> Golf starts tonight, tomorrow the 29th, Japanese time. Um, what, what else is there to think about? Like, does this course yeah. play any particular way? Are the yeah. greens fast? Is it, you know, deep grass in the roughs, deep bunkers? Like, yeah. what, what do they have to work with? So it's going to be wide fairways. It's a long course. And um, it's, like I said, there's been rain recently. So I think bombers are going to have a big advantage. Also, something to keep keep track of, especially because you're, if you listen to this podcast after they tee off here in a few hours, um, there's going to be live odds going forward. So you can get some value on guys who are a little behind the pack 
you know, after round one and round two. Yeah, and keep in mind, there's also no cuts. There's 60 golfers. Okay. They, they're going to play four rounds. So those guys who are lagging behind, you know, after the first two rounds, they're still going to have a chance to catch up, um, even if they aren't, you know, at the top of the leaderboard. So there's going to be value on their live odds. Um, also, there's no, you know, they aren't making money off, off of this. They have, like, incentive to play super aggressive because they want to get that medal. So they have incentive to, you know... Right. Top, go, top yeah, three yeah. is all that matters. It's yeah. not like, you know, you get, like, like in a normal tournament yeah. where if you're 10th versus 8th, there's a pretty big paycheck. Difference. Yeah, exactly. So I think some people that can hit up far and play um, a little more aggressive, take advantage of the par fives, are going to have a big, have a chance to really... Um, upset someone such as Thomas Peters of Belgium he's about 50 to 1 odds he hits a mile and um, can really score low he's won on the PGA Tour before it's been a long time he's been mainly playing overseas and he's been competing we also got Guido Migliozzi Migliozzi Guido. Um, Italy. Um, talked about him last night he's about 50 to 1 odds and then my favorite long shot pick is Mito Perrier or Perriara um, I think he's from the Dominican, but I'm not positive. No, Perrier. Perrier. Yeah, he's been like playing great over the last few weeks. He's a great play on for fantasy. He's like super um, cheap salary and eighty to one odds. A ten dollar bet will pay you eight hundred bucks if he somehow wins. He's been in the top five like the last two weeks, so he can do it, especially with these top dogs maybe not showing up with their best stuff. Cool. All right, well, that's it for golf. Let's move on to baseball. We're going to do baseball a little different. Obviously, the season's going on right now. We're past the all-star break. We are closing in on the trade deadline, so that is what we're going to focus on here. Um, Schmidt, I'm going to ask, I'm going to talk about some of the guys who are rumored to be moved. Most of these guys will be related to either the Nats or the Red Sox, just to make sure our contingency listening in has some interest in it. Um, let's start with, with the big guy who, who's on the block. Chris actually alluded to this. He seemed to, I can't believe he actually knew yeah. what he was talking about for once instead of bullshitting. Scherzer is on the block for the Nats. And frankly, the Nats have said almost everyone except for Soto yeah. is on the block for the Nats. So, so they, they are, are selling. Um, the teams that are buying are the Dodgers, the Giants, and the Padres, or what I've heard is the top three. Now, that's really interesting because those guys are all in the same division. Yeah. So when you approach something like this from a betting standpoint, right, if you have your, your division futures, you know that three teams, and, and it's obviously the three of the five that are really in contention in that division, the only three players that are left, um, are, are all vying for the same guy. How do you approach that? Is that something where you're like, hey, this is a really risky situation. I don't know where he's going to go. I'm going to stay away from it. Do you maybe put a long shot future for World Series down on all three of them where you know you might get plus odds because um, you think he's going to go to one of the three, but you're not sure which one? Like, w This is a weird situation. How do you think about this? What, what, what sort of thoughts? Like, I know it's – I think people are a little hesitant to uh, make bets when there's this uncertainty in there. But I like taking advantage of that uncertainty before the market catches up, before odds makers catch up. Um, you know, they odds makers are usually reacting towards money coming in. That's usually coming in because of news. So, like, stay on top of the news cycle. As soon as you, you know, get an inkling of, you know, this trade is in the works, try to go beat the sports book. 
and place that bet as soon as possible almost. Um, and, you know, a matter of minutes can make the difference between a few bucks, I, you know, 20, 30 bucks, depending on how much you're wagering, how much the odds change. Right. Um, so that's kind of like what I like to do. Um, just so, kind of so stay here, on top of the news cycle the best I can. Right. So, so for sure, this situation specifically, it's one guy, yeah. you know, an all-star pitcher, potentially going to three different teams. All, yeah. all three of the leading candidates are in the same division. What, what's your thought here? Do you, do you grab any of these guys, maybe the lowest odds of the three? Do you stay away yeah. from it entirely? Um, I, I like I like big payouts. I'm going to grab probably the longer shot, um, especially if we feel good about them making the playoffs. Which I think is um, probably the Padres in yeah, this yeah. instance. Yeah, I mean, the Padres. Yes, it, it would be the Padres who are five and a half games back. Back. The Giants are in first right now. The Dodgers are in second, three games back, and the Padres are five games back. And so. they're still in good shape to get that second wild card spot, um, you know, with, with or without Scherzer, let's say. Um, they, they're in control of that second wild card spot. So I want to capitalize on the uncertainty by hoping they make this, they go out of their way, they make that flat blockbuster trade to get some leverage on the Dodgers, on the Giants, and. Um, we're getting better odds on them, and it will. Pay, we're gonna get paid off um, a little bit more if they can capitalize on that. Um, if they don't, I think we still have a chance to um, win it. It's not gonna look great, but we aren't drawing dead. Right. So, so that's a, that's a fair way to think about it. And frankly, from a uh, you know how it fits into the the way they play perspective, I think that the Dodgers already have a pretty deep starting rotation, right? Like they they need a guy like Max less than. Obviously, like like it would be a contribution, right? Like they're not going to turn him down, and they have the fucking money to go buy him. Yeah. But they, you know, the need is less there uh, in terms of getting ahead of the odds. Like adding him, I think, would change their odds less than it would somebody who's a little weaker on their starting rotation, like the Padres. So I think the Padres are probably a pretty fair pick, assuming it's a you know to- total flip of the coin between the three on on who gets them. And what's even like more interesting, especially with this scenario, is that when it comes to World Street or Odds to win the NL. Um, the Giants have shorter, or Padres have shorter odds than the Giants. But when it comes to the division, we're getting the Giants are actually ahead of Padres in ter- the Padres in terms of odds. Um, so I like taking the Padres on the division, getting paid four to five to one, um, rather than the Giants at like two to one, two and a half to one. Okay. Well, so there's there's some other trade rumors that are, are related to the Nats that are worth talking about. Uh, Turner, Trey Turner to Seattle. Um, that's an interesting situation because they have a Golden Glove shortstop right now in, in Crawford. Um, so they may move Turner if they get him to the outfield or to second base. Um, who knows? Schwarber is also being looked at uh, as an acquisition. He's injured right now, but supposed to come back. Uh, so the Yankees, the Blue Jays, and the Padres are reportedly looking at him as well. But what I wanted to talk to you about, and the last thing we'll cover with baseball so we can move on here, is is less about a particular player and how it fits an organization, but more about organizations that are clearly being aggressive at the deadline. And I think uh, Dirty Water Zone Boston Red Sox are one of those teams that are being very aggressive. Um, I've read some stuff that they're interested in uh, Rizzo on the Cubs. Uh, they were also early on in talks about getting Scherzer from the Nats. Um, so... so how do you approach that? Is that a situation where 
hey, the Red Sox are clearly buying, they're investing, and before the lines react when they actually make that acquisition, you want to get in there before the odds go down on them? Like, how do you approach a team that's that's buying at the deadline and clearly wants to pick something up? Yeah, it's again one of those scenarios where I want to, you know, beat the odds makers, beat the market um, to it. And I'm willing to, you know, make a bad bet every now and then that doesn't turn out. Um, but, like, if, if we can... If we can nail it where we get on that team that actually executes a trade, you know, once every few times, like we're going to end up profitable over the long term. Hopefully right. that, I mean, hopefully that's um, the scenario. It's tough to be and profitable so, gambling, period. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, um, sometimes just, that strategy helps. Right? You don't have to nail it every single time. You just got to right. be right once every few times. And um, I, that's, you know, Boston is apt to making trades right before the yep. tra- trade deadline. There's two days before the tra- trade deadline right now, and they want to win. They're in position to win. And even if they don't, they still got a chance. Right. Okay. So, so I mean, I guess the messaging is buy on buy on the Sox, buy on some of these other teams like the Padres and the Jays um, yeah. and, and the Rays as well that are all clearly buying um, because the thought is hopefully one of those will pay yeah. off. Um, and, and honestly, the risk too is like, for me, with a team like the Red Sox, like they clearly are having a pretty solid season, and they stand a chance at, at not only winning that division but making a playoff run, regardless of whether they pick somebody yeah. up or not. So it's kind of a risk-reward thing for me where the risk is, hey, maybe their odds actually get a little bit better if they don't make any acquisitions, but not by much. But the reward is, hey, that their odds could, could – uh, become less favorable by a significant margin if they do yeah. make a huge pickup, and it's better to get ahead of that because your risk is so low there. So yeah, I mean, if if they make the trade for Scherzer, that has to make them the favorites in the. the I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be nasty. It's huge. It's freaking oh man. I don't want to think about it, honestly. <laughs> Listen, as a Nats fan, I don't want to yeah. think about any of these guys leaving. I've, I've got a signed trade Turner bat sitting in my room. I don't want him to go anywhere, but... Um, you know what? That's that's just the way it shakes out sometimes. I mean, you know, less on a gambling front, more on just a baseball front. Like, the, the Nats have needed to kind of start rebuilding yeah. for like basically since since the World Series. They, they, you know, it's clear that we didn't have the depth once we lost Rendon and some of the other guys. But I'll spare you the Nats talk for for maybe another podcast. But um, let's jump to the NFL. Um, the big news there in football is that Aaron Rodgers is back. There was so much drama. There was months and months and so many rumors going around. He was going on vacation and putting up Instagram stories, and nobody knew what was going on. There's talk of retirement. There was talk of trades. But he is back on the pack for at least one more year. So most of the lines we're going to talk about is, is related to that. Um, we will obviously do a full NFL rundown as we get closer to that actual season beginning. But – um, you know, talk about gambling and reacting to that news. So, you know, the, the obviously the lines when he comes back and then it's announced go in favor of the Packers mm-hmm. in, in any of these bets, whether it's the division, him for MVP, Super Bowl. Um, so it's one of those, just like we talked about with baseball, where, hey, if you, if you had, you know, not insider information because that's illegal, but some sort of inkling that he was going to come yeah. back and all these rumors about him retiring were false – Probably better to jump on it early, but let's talk about what the odds are now. So the division, with Rodgers back, the Packers are, according to what I have, minus 161 favorites. The Vikings are plus 225. The Bears are plus 440. And the Lions are 
plus 2300. So the question I have for you on that is, is this an overreaction to him coming back? Are the sports books setting the Packers lines too aggressively, aka not giving the betters enough value because this news, they know that people are going to go bet on the Packers? Or possibly is, is this line fair? So um, it, it was pr- it's pretty interesting. There a, was a bunch of sports books that actually took down the NFC North division odds over the weekend because because of the rumors that Rodgers might retire, then, you know, a few days later, he's arriving in, in Wisconsin with sunglasses, uh, office shirt, whatever. Um, and then they put him back on. But at one point, you could get the Packers, like, plus 150 to, the, to win the division, I think, early Monday morning or over the weekend with the sports books that were brave enough to keep those odds available. But like you said, now they're the odds on favorites. We're going to have to lay probably more money than you want to. I think, like, as a Packers fan, I actually think there's probably more value on the Vikings here. We know Zimmer's a great coach. We know Kirk Cousins is enough to win when they have a good defense. Um, Dalvin Cook's a beast. Justin Jefferson is just... Up and coming star. Yeah, blow the top off the roof, especially the Packers' defensive backs that we saw gave up that huge touchdown at the end of um, the NFC Championship. So I still like the Packers to win the division, obviously, with Rodgers returning. But I think there's value in Vikings, especially we've seen them really compete over the last few seasons under Zimmer. Um, and I think they have the weapons, too. Yeah. Um, especially if there is some um, locker room turmoil in the Packers locker room. I don't know if there's going to be. I don't right. know if Rodgers is ready to roll. Um, I hope he is, but we shall see. Yeah, so that's interesting. I, I I think that there may be some merit to saying that the division odds are a little bit too in favor of the Packers, just because, again, the, the books are going to know that people are going to go bet on the Packers because of this news. Um, so I think it, it, and personally, I like the Packers to win that division. Um, obviously, if it's even money, which it never is, Packers versus Vikings, you have to take the Packers. I would say it's totally fair that they are minus odds. Yeah. Um, I would bet on them minus odds. Um, but what I might do as a strategy is thinking that maybe the line's a little skewed right now because the news is so recent. Mm-hmm. I may wait for that line to normalize a couple weeks. You know, no. Really, there's not a whole lot that can happen unless a freak injury happens mm-hmm. in camp between now and two weeks from now. So I may sit on this line for two weeks, wait for it to maybe get a little bit more favorable for the Packers because I don't think there's a shot in hell that anybody takes this division besides the Packers with Aaron Rodgers back. Yeah. And with this being on a one-year deal especially – like, he's potentially playing for a contract. Yeah. He obviously might retire after this year. Who knows? But, like, I don't think there's really an argument to say, like, he's going to be a slouch yeah, like, yeah. this season. Like, on a one-year deal, he's either playing for a contract or he's playing for his legacy, Whatever, however you want to put it. I really like the Packers here. Yeah. Um, let's move on. We're sitting at, like, 35 minutes here, so we want to wrap up within 5 or 10. Um Let's talk about MVP odds. So for Rodgers, uh, from what I'm seeing, he is at plus 775. Um, Mahomes is the favorite at 425. Uh, and then the next two are Josh Allen at plus 1,000 and Tom Brady at 1,200. Uh, there's a couple guys behind that. Lamar Jackson, Wilson at 5, 1550, Stafford at 1600. Um, so... Let's start with just a yeah. simpler question. Do you think it's fair that Rodgers is second in odds for the MVP? I think it's stupid. Um, this time last year, 
we had Rodgers was like 25 to 1. And um, like, don't get me wrong, I don't think he's going to be a slouch. I think he's, I think he's the best quarterback in the game after Mahomes right now. But um, the Packers' offense isn't exactly pass heavy. It's actually kind of 50-50. He threw 48 touchdowns last year, which was remarkable. Um, but Roto Grinders projections, which we have projections for every player um, going into the season that you can like compare to the betting odds. We have him closer to 30 touchdowns at this heading into this season. That's what we're projecting at. So 30 touchdowns is not going to get him the MVP. And also, note, the only person to win back-to-back MVPs since Brett Favre did so, he won, Brett Favre won three in a row from 97, 96 to 98, or 95 to 97. Right. Since then, only Peyton Manning has won back-to-back MVPs. So there's obviously, like, voters have their bias. We see this in the NBA all the time. Um, and it seems like there's a bias against defending MVP right. winners. So I'm staying far away from Rodgers, especially with our projections that have him around 30 touchdowns. He's not going to get 48 again. That that was he, he played out of his mind. The offense played out of their mind. Um, I'm expecting a little bit of regression this year for Rodgers. I would prefer Mahomes at that short price because yeah. we know Mahomes isn't going to be stopped. Um, and that offense is very pass heavy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, okay. So, so you know, t- I think that's a fair word of advice from someone who is admittedly yeah. a, a Packer yeah. fan to, to say that you know those odds might be a little uh, too far in Rogers' favor. Um, so let's let's wrap it up there. Um, we've got some other stuff that we want to talk about. We'll get into NFC favorites, AFC favorites, all all the NFL stuff that we know everybody loves betting on when that season approaches. Um, until then, get some Olympic watching in. There's a bunch of fun sports that you get to. We're watching some fencing going on right now on this TV and some badminton. Like, watch some weird sports for the next couple weeks. Um, again, this was a Dirty Water podcast. Episode one of season two after our little Instagram Live intro last week. We will come at you every Wednesday. We will try to do Instagram Live. Chris is not here for that this week. Um, but in the future, we'll try to do Instagram Live every Wednesday around lunchtime. And then we will have the recorded audio out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts on Wednesday night or on Thursday morning. Depends how much time I have to do to do the audio editing. <laughs> so that's that's all I got, Schmidt. You got anything else before we uh, say sayonara? Dude, that's about it for me. Um, come up here, I guess, Friday and Saturday. Chris will be here. I'll be here watching games and placing some bets. We're going to have the kiosk here. Um so it'll be a good time and ready to get started on some NFL here in a few weeks. All right. In, in-person sports gambling, Friday, July 30th. Cash-only kiosks. Don't bring a credit card. Bring some cash with you. Um, but it's awesome to have that back in, in D.C. in person. So, all righty. That was Episode 1 of Season 2 of the Dirty Water Podcast. See you guys later.